Hello, and welcome back to the Trinity Western University Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Fair, and today's guest is Johnny Summers Harris, co-founder of Three Dads Innovations, a company that's focused on bringing families together by harnessing social technologies to build meaningful communities. Johnny first got in touch with me to chat about a fundraiser he was doing with Young Families of Metro Vancouver with the goal of helping families in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. After chatting with him a few times, I thought he would make an excellent guest. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Good to meet you. Yeah, we're finally, finally connecting face to face. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I had no idea um, you knew Mark Jarter until I was telling him that I, I mentioned your name. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know that dude." Yeah. How did you guys connect? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was through my church, uh, Westside Church, or okay. like through mutual friends. I can't remember if it was at. I think it's probably more mutual friends that we disconnected through. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the networking king mm-hmm. that I'm like, he, he knows people who know people. Like, I'm not surprised when he says, oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. Or we met once seven years ago and we're still LinkedIn friends. You know, like, how do you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really admire that because it's like such a skill to have to be able to yeah. build so many relationships. Like often I'll run into somebody, even if it's at the grocery store and I'm like, they know who I am. And I'm trying to place, is this a Trinity friend? Is this a church friend? Is this like right. a, a friend from a different job I had before? Like I'm trying to like track through all the different places I might yeah. know this person. And if they're in a different environment than I'm normally seeing them, because right now I live in Vancouver, but I work in Langley, right? So like How's if that I- How's commute? Oh yeah, it's, it's a bit tough sometimes. But if I see someone from Langley in Vancouver or the other way yeah. around, it like completely throws me off. Oh no, no, I get it. I get it. My, um, my- parents were missionaries so i was born and raised in japan oh um, really and so i'll get people who add me on facebook and i'm like are you from japan are you from trinity are you from my church like the church is now big enough that i don't know everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just it's so hard to keep track of them so like the people who are able to do that and network and, and grow their connections it's an amazing gift and yeah. i just have to be friends with them and then and then I'm good. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, that's one of the fun things about my job is I get to to do a lot of that networking with Trinity alums. So, you know, thanks to this job, I'm getting to meet you now, which is great. There you go. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and about your, like the, the work that you've been doing? Right. Okay. Um, so I went to Trinity Western mm-hmm. and got a degree in communications. I was actually one of the first degrees, uh, the corporate communication degrees, I think, when that program got put together. So I was like 2012 or 2013, uh, whenever I graduated. Um, and since then, I've been working um, a couple different administrative slash sales kind of positions. Um, and it's a weird thing to, to graduate and then realize now you got to make something of yourself where everything up to that was, you know, like learn, try new things. And now it's like, all right, support yourself, support your family. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, so I've kind of just gone through the first, you know, eight, 10 years of 
being being a um, an employee or being like a, a participant in the workforce, not really having too much of a fixed idea of what I wanted to do or or a strong um, sense of purpose in that. I was just kind of I found jobs I was able to provide, and I the work was interesting, but um, I didn't really connect with it or um, have a strong passion for it. Um, and then like a lot of, a lot of the, the passion and interest and stuff I was doing was kind of within, within uh, my church context, like being part of the, the worship team or helping to lead um, various activities and stuff. And that was kind of where I was, I was like, okay, as long as I'm passionate about, about that, then, um, then that's, that's my purpose. And I can, I don't have to really worry about having like work ambition and stuff. Um, sure. Yeah. But, but then having kids and starting starting to have kids and having a young family um, around 2016 is when my oldest was born. Um, I started to feel like I wanted to build something for them. Like I wanted to have, have something that um, I was building that would help take care of them in, in ways before that, like it wasn't the same. Um, and so I was kind of wrestling with that. And, and so a couple of years kind of just wrestling that kind of trying to figure that out. Uh, and then I got connected with with Mark and um, with the other co-founder of Young Families at Metro Vancouver, which is Ryan. Um, and and they they had recently started having kids, and they were finding um, that there wasn't really any kind of community available for young families in in Vancouver. Like mm-hmm. there were there were mom groups, right? If you're a mom, no problem tons sure. of mom groups where you could do stuff um there were some activity specific things like um there's like dads who drink beer and you could like connect again but then it wasn't it wasn't about young families it was about uh convalescing around um a specific activity and and a lot of these groups were dead or like hadn't had activity in months and they were like we want to connect together with families because a lot of us are going through the same stuff like vancouver is a very um i don't know the right word for it is but it's a lot of people have moved here either first generation or second generation and so it's not i mean it's not a huge city right it's like a million and a half or something it's not a terribly big city but um it's still big enough that without support you're gonna you're gonna be very lost and if you don't have a yeah a church community if you're not tied into a social fabric somewhere um, everything that was kind of okay, you didn't really need support when you were single or you're like married without kids. All of a sudden you're like, Oh shoot, I really miss having my parents here or having like some kind of community. Like we're having to deal with this all on our own. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Right. And so that's fine. If, if you, if you have an amazing job and you're just up here all the time, but that's not how it like, works and you're kind of up and down there's cycles and seasons and all that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, how do you, how do you thrive when you're at the top and how do you survive when you're at the bottom? Like those are the two kind of things that maybe you don't think about it in those terms, but that's the reality of what's happening. Um, and too many of us realize when we're at the bottom that actually we don't have the support that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we're at the top. You don't, you don't take action on that because like you're, you're getting by and you're fine. It's not a problem. You've got so many other things you need to deal with. Right. Um, so that's kind of a philosophical look at, I guess, why, well, what the issue is. Um, but Mark and Ryan, they kind of felt that 
I said, okay, well, let's create, let's start with a Facebook group where parents can connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their minds, they get like 50 people like within the church, right? And then this would help the church to be better, um, better connected. And like the young families and church connect, but it just exploded. Like, within a month, they had a thousand uh, parents from like all across Vancouver and oh, the wow. lower mainland. Um, and as of now, I think we're at 2,700, 26 or 2,700 people. Wow. The group and it's you know, just coming up on a year um and so it became apparent to us that this this um this whole or this um the insufficient community that we were experiencing wasn't just unique to us there's a lot of pe- people that felt that and and um engaged with that and said yeah we want something more mm-hmm. um and so all of a sudden we had on our hands a community that was looking to connect and go and support each other. And that, that's not going to happen on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, there's a limit to what you can do on Facebook. And so out of that, we got together and said, okay, we gotta, we've got to do something more. Um, we've got to actually build something here. And for me, that was the first time where I was like, man, I am so excited about this. I'm so pumped for this. And I've got ideas. I'm bringing value. Um, it's like there are things that have happened in my life to equip me kind of for this moment and for this um, for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the last uh, six eight months has been uh, a journey in that together. And for me, this is the most exciting thing I've ever been a part of. And I'm hoping that the things that we're doing now um, to help connect people and to support people uh, in our community who are in need is kind of laying the foundations for um, things that we can do in the future. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Did I answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. You did a great <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. That was a great, that was a great summary. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I've been living in Vancouver since 2013 mm. and I've heard people say that it's an unfriendly city and that hasn't been my experience but yeah. I think that's because I've been heavily involved in my church community from, from the very beginning. I had one friend who already lived here when I, when I arrived. And so he introduced me to his community and to his friends. And then that led to me building my own relationships too. And uh, so my experience in Vancouver has been very socially vibrant, but mm. I know that it is seen as a, as an unfriendly or unsocial city, partly because of the rain and partly because people are so isolated in their uh, condos or whatever. And, uh, and so it's, I think if you don't have a strong community, this could be a very lonely place. And so what you're doing, it sounds like it's an incredible thing, to, especially for young families, because I don't even know, I don't have kids yet. And I don't know what it would be like to have kids in a city like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to meet that need is something really admirable. Yeah. So what, what we've found is it's, it's a lot of, there are a lot of communities out there that you could be like, if you're in a church and you've got a great community, then um, you've got to lay up on a lot of people. I'm saying if you're, I guess, um, if you're in a Muslim community or a Buddhist community or, or whatever, like there's that, that religious social mm-hmm. um, fabric is, is really important. And there are community resources that um, charities have and like non um, and government organizations that, that do stuff to help as resources. But a lot of that stuff's like really siloed and it's hard to, it's hard to access. And so well, and there's even like a learning curve to it too, right? Where you yeah. have to really put yourself out there. And if you're yeah. not naturally an extrovert, if you're even halfway between extrovert and introvert, it can be a big leap to jump out and try a new organization like that. Right. Oh, for sure. And 
So recently, a number of uh, immigrant families have, have joined our group, and it's been incredible because um, they they have questions that you would never think of. Like they're asking, "Hey, what's the best bank um, for for Canadians?" And you're like, "What do you mean? What's the best bank? Like banks are banks, but like I don't. There, there's a lot of there's a they're coming from a completely different perspective, sure. right? Maybe yeah. from where they're they're coming from. Like there's the there's the good banks, there's the banks for the elites, and then there's the banks for the ones or, or whatever, right? Like they don't know. Um, and if you type into Google what's the best bank, you're not gonna get any answers. I mean, the reality is most banks are completely the same and that they're terrible for us. <laughs> but um it's things like that. I was trying to I, I look at it, trying to imagine doing that and having to find a job and support your kids and get all new stuff. Like I, when I moved to Canada to go to Trinity Western, um, I was like a 17 year old kid and I moved on camp. Like I was on campus my first year. I didn't have to deal with a lot of stuff. I got to just stay on the campus and, and learn the culture and, and make friends. And it was a very easy sheltered catered experience and I didn't have anyone I was responsible to, right? It was like looking back, like I was, it was a very fortunate situation that I had. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's easy to recognize that other people coming in don't have the same support system um, yeah. and have much harder life circumstances. So um, it's, it's exciting to see, even just on that level, that's not like a, it's not a crazy thing to help people pick a bank. Like that's not like going to change in the world. Um, <laughs> But um, that is, we've, we've been able to foster a community where someone has a question like that, that people are coming in and saying, hey, let me help you. Or we have someone who, you know, people who have lost their ability to get to um, appointments and be like, oh, like, let's connect and we can, we can drive you. Let's make sure that you get set up with um, your appointments and stuff. So. Yeah, or even things like learning the bus routes, right? Like that can exactly. be daunting if you're not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Very. And our transit system is pretty good here, but it's nothing like, well, like in Tokyo, for example, right Their mm. their subway system is like so complex, but also very efficient. Yeah. 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 It, it took a while for me to get used to transit here. Mm-hmm. So living on campus, I'm like, what do you mean there's a bus every 30 minutes? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this is, what kind of garbage is this? <laughs> that was my my culture shock, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, Trinity is pretty, pretty um, remote in its way too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was quite the shock for me mm-hmm. going from like a city of like, 25 million people to like living on campus in Langley and seeing like the same people <laughs> yeah. like, four months in a row. I remember the first time I got off campus, like a month in, I was, I went to the, the Savon in Walnut Grove. Mm-hmm. And I was so used to knowing everybody that I almost said hi to like complete strangers <laughs> in the aisles, like asking for help. Like it was like, of course, these people are going to help me. Like we're all, we're all in this together. Yeah. Like, no, 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 Johnny. <laughs> That's not, these are people, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it'd be great if it was that way. I mean, yeah, theoretically you could just do that. Just talk to anybody and believe that we're all in this together. I mean, yeah. realistic, realistically we are. <laughs> well, that is my, that is my um, veggie buying philosophy. Like, yeah. You know how people know how to like knock the melons or like squeeze the avocados or whatever to know when it's right. Like, sure. I, I don't know how many times I've looked it up and I still don't know. So anytime I'm there and I see someone doing that, I'm like, Hey, 
can you help me? Like, I, I got to pick a good melon for my family. I have no idea. <laughs> like people love to help. Yeah. And it's like, I think that's a universal for the most part. People love to help. Yeah. Um, and in facilitating that, like a lot of times people's days are made by being able to help. Right. Which is, we've seen a lot of that with the food drive actually that we've done hmm. that people are so excited to be a part of it. And and want to want to get back and it's it's truly humbling and um um eye-opening just to see that like it's all this um it's all this untapped energy or untapped desire that people have to like those that aren't connected they're like man if i was connected i'd be able to do all these things and we just opened up a tiny window and said hey we're doing a food drive and they just like jump on it like yes yeah i'm gonna get part of that i'm gonna give i'm gonna show up um you know like it's been um, just recognizing that that for the most part, that's 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 in in everyone to 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 want community, to want relationship, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we all crave for that. Yeah, to to know and to be known. Um, so again, can we um, can we jump back for a sec? And yeah. can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the COVID food drive? Yes, when when COVID first hit, we're talking late March, um, we were, I mean, everyone was bummed about it in different, <laughs> different ways. Um, but we had been, we had been planning to, to launch something for the community that got pushed back. Um, and so we were first like, oh man, what do we do? Um, and, and then one day Mark was like, guys, we got to do a food drive. I had a, I, I had someone contact me and they're asking for for help and and we we have a community here the community can help so so then the discussion was how can we get the community to help the community right yeah. one of our one of our um our slogans or, or models or whatever is um is families for families like love and action of families for families like that's um one of the pillars of the community um and so at first we're like oh you know like they could just post in the group and then Whoever has the availability is close by can like pick up some groceries for them or something. But then we're like, no, like we could, we could actually make something here, and um, and really do something to stretch our dollars and, and be efficient and leverage the power of the community to to help those in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when the idea of it really kind of formed, and like we've never done anything like this before, so there was a lot of like logistical kind of um on the back of a napkin like like figuring out formulas for spreadsheets and um and writing up applications and trying to be like what kind of questions should we ask how do you how do you check if someone is who they say they are on facebook you know what i mean um there's a couple really amazing um covid organizations that have popped up um that are kind of need help give help um facilitators um and unfortunately you do hear about um people kind of doing scams kind of like oh i'm a single mom with four kids and i, I need groceries can you know send me any transfer and mm. or give me groceries and then you know someone shows up and and then it's like a, a guy opens the door and says thanks drop it off and you're like mm. <laughs> i thought i was dealing with a single mom um interesting yeah um, and we experienced that to a small extent, um, in over Christmas we did a, a gift exchange mm-hmm. or a, a a gift basket drive for families in the community who um, um, obviously have kids and and um, the government. There are government and again there are government and 
um, nonprofit organizations that do things like this, but a lot of times they have um, very strict um, requirements for how you get in and how far in advance you need to apply. Um, and especially for like immigrant families, it's hard for them to um, to know what the requirements are and to have the necessary paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so we saw we saw there was a gap where people were falling through the cracks of the system. The system's supposed to take care of everyone, but it wasn't. Um, and so we said, okay, well, let's let's try to help the people in the cracks. Mm. Um, and so we did we did that. And on the whole, it was amazing. But there was one family where, as we were as we were dropping stuff off, um, they were um, they were getting other stuff delivered at the same time. And one of the things that we were we wanted to do was to help people in the cracks who weren't getting anything. Um, and so, yeah, like it is what it is. We were able to bless them, and like you know, everybody needs like we don't know people's life situations beyond what they choose to tell us. Sure. Um, but we we were rec- we like in this in this time of dire need, there are people who are either they're at the top. Like we had one family in the first food drive. They lived in in North Van. They like they they are in like a, the dad was a like high paying job. The mom was a stay at home mom, and they had. Um, four kids or five kids or something. It was definitely one of the bigger families we helped. Um, and he got laid off in the COVID and like he was eligible for serve. Um, she wasn't, but if you, if you try to think like to, to live on $2,000 a month um, when you have six mouths to feed and you have a mortgage at a, um, and, and all these other things, like yeah, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's on the one hand, like I'm so amazing in our government, got that in place and mm-hmm. got the money out right away and everyone who needed it got it but at the same time once you're past a certain size like you look at i would be terrified <laughs> if i lost my job mm-hmm. and i had to make like our rent is more than that <laughs> never mind <laughs> never mind food and and other bills yeah um but so, yeah, so like those are the kinds of people like the people at the top who got knocked down and the people at the bottom who got their legs taken away from like so our goal was to to help the families that are falling through the system, um, like they they can't get food drive, like the serve wasn't enough, or or whatever it is. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. In in an unprecedented time, we wanted to quickly get them stuff, like get them groceries for for two weeks. Um, and so you raise you did like a fundraiser to raise money for this. So we've done two. The first one we did in in May. Mm-hmm. So around the end of March, we said, all right, we know we want to do something. Um, and it was a lot of logistical work just figure out like what kinds of groceries, where are we going to get them and all that kind of stuff. Sure. We yeah. fundraised specific, just within the community. It was just within the Facebook group posting saying, Hey guys, we're doing this. Um, send us a knee transfer. Like we didn't have a website yet. Like this was like a very hmm. back of the napkin kind of um, the community coming together and, and making it happen. Um, and so we raised $2,500 and we were able to help 12 families. Um, so we got them groceries for, for two weeks. And that was, that was the meats, that was the rice and the carbs and the veggies and the frozen and the dairy and the eggs, and like all that, like a complete shop. Um, and we offered them some level of customization, like they could pick the kind of milk they wanted. Mm-hmm. They could pick um, what kind of cheese they wanted. Um, and then uh, what type of apples they wanted. And then we gave them a list of things they could opt out of that were kind of like the, the core that we purchased. Not that they would get other stuff instead, but like one of the things we were getting was oatmeal, like big bags of oatmeal. And if they're like, no, we don't, we don't eat oatmeal. We're never going to eat oatmeal. Then like, we didn't want to waste money getting them something that they wouldn't use. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then was that and, you and your team that went off and did, did the grocery shop or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was me and Mark Jarter in our, in our, our little cars. And we uh -huh. did, we did like four car loads from the superstore to my house and unloaded. And we had my wife and one other helper and we would unload it and they would kind of sort it. And then we'd go back and get more stuff and come and go and come back. And then once everyone got there, um, we started organizing things into families. And then we had volunteers from the community who were, um, who came to pick up groceries and, and deliver them. Well, um, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it was a, it was a very long day. And uh -huh. we never, again, we'd never done anything like this before. We're like, Oh, this will probably work. And we just did it. Uh, thankfully my wife and I were in the middle of upgrading our storage, like our, our freezer. So we had a bigger freezer in the garage and we had the old one set upstairs. So we were able to put all the frozen stuff in the freezer and it was still May. It wasn't that hot. So we were able to um, use ice packs and stuff to keep the milk and, and um, the meat like cool. But um, it was a fly, a fly by night has a negative connotation, but it was, I guess <laughs> by the seat of our pants, like it was, it was very much, we just did, we, we just did whatever we had to and worked as many hours as we needed to in order to get it done. Um, and so that was the first one back in May. And then we came out of that said, we want to do another one. <laughs> we got to be a lot more organized. Um, and so that was this one that we did in July. Um, by that point we had our website up and we were able to, um, promote it through the website and we were able to expand our reach outside of, um, just our community. Mm. Um, and so that's how, and that's when I was like, oh yeah, I'm an alumni of Trinity Western. They have an alumni and I should check to see. I should check to see if, if they can help us out, um, which is how you and I got connected. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually, it was amazing that we did because um, you guys posted something on your Instagram and I believe on your, on Twitter or Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and through that, we got a driver from Langley who was able to, who was able to come out, which is so good because we had a couple of people from like the Langley Surrey border that had signed up and we didn't have anyone coming out from that way. So, Otherwise, we would have had someone coming from Vancouver, going out to Surrey, and then coming back. Whereas, um, I think her name was Andrea. Um, shout out to Andrea if she ever hears this. Um, <laughs> but she drove. She just drove into Vancouver and came back, and then she was done. So that was that oh, was very cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing. It all, it all worked out. We had my my mom posted it on Facebook, and then one of my family members who live in the lower mainland um, came from Tawasin, which was perfect because we had someone in Delta and it was like all these things, it just kind of fell into place mm -hmm. in a way that, um, in a way that we couldn't have planned it for, for the second run. Um, very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I'm, I'm really glad that you did reach out to us because, you know, as an alumni or as an alumnus of Trinity Western, you, you already belong to this community, but not, not everyone really thinks about that or, or really yeah. realizes what that means. But through doing stuff like this, we belong to this community already. We belong to this university as lifetime alumni and we're able to serve and bless each other in, in unexpected ways like this, you know, in our communities. What you're doing in Vancouver is something that I really want for the Vancouver chapter to be able to grow and to do that. Mm -hmm. We can be able to serve each other and grow in this way too. Um, it's just, yeah, it's such a huge blessing to be a part of, uh, you know, this university in this way. So I'm, I'm really happy that you reached out to us. Yeah, and it's it's something that like previously, to be completely honest, like previously I had gone communication from the alumni stuff, and it very much felt like butter me up so that I can give you money once I've made it, and like, <laughs> um, 
and I was like, I wasn't interested in that. Like I still had student loans that I was paying off and of course, yeah. And you know, like it was that, it was that, that buyers, that buyers more set, um, that everyone feels once they get their degree and then they're like, I have all this debt. Um, and you know, you navigate that it is what it is, but, yeah. um, I, I came away kind of thinking the alumni association, whatever, it's not, it's not a part of my life. I'm not, um, this, it's never going to help me. I'm never going to help them. Um, mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, maybe I'll contact them if I'm going to go to Trinity Western and I need parking. That's kind of like, that was what I thought of it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm not saying, oh, because you helped me now, I've completely changed, <laughs> changed my mind. But um, through kind of going going through um, creating Young Founders in Metro Vancouver and trying to build community um, and and having friends like Mark who um, uh, who, who network all the time and, and build all this stuff, I'm like, oh, you know what? There is a heritage there that I have, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like, I guess it, it's a, it's a small microcosm of, um, you know, when you come into, when you come into faith, um, you are now brothers and sisters with, with all of those in the faith and you have that connection. It's the same. Like yeah, if I meet exactly. someone, if I meet someone who's an alumni on the street, I'm like, Oh, Hey, when did you grad? You know, like I have this connection we, we know people, we have similar experiences. Um, and so the question is like, why wouldn't I want to, be connected with those people and to grow to um to enhance that connection that we already have mm-hmm. um to prosper both myself and, and those in the community and and those around them right yeah um, it's like an aspect of lifelong learning right the community yeah. that you built at trinity had a huge impact on you at the time and that can continue to go even in, later in life oh for sure like i would say I would say where I am now is probably 20% because of the stuff I learned at Trinity Western, mm. but 60 to 70% because of the people that I met at Trinity Western and the friendships that yeah. I made, the discussions that I had late night at the, uh, like in the atrium or <laughs> in the lower calf and, and like the soul searching that comes from that. And so the friends that I made there have, push me in the direction of coming out to Vancouver and, and being part of the church that I was in and the decisions that I mean, you can all go back and say, you know, like it would be a very, very different life story. If, if Trinity Western as a university didn't exist or, and, and that's the focus on relationship um, and uh, the community values that they had um, mm-hmm. wasn't there. Um, so, yeah. I hear that a lot. A lot of people yeah. say similar, similar stories to what you're sharing here. So yeah, you're, you're definitely not alone in feeling that way. <laughs> so really cool stuff about the, yeah, like the, about the fundraiser. Are you think you're going to be doing more of this kind of thing? Yes. Um, as long as COVID is um, present in our, in our communities and yeah. the economic ramifications of that are, are tangible. Um, there are going to be, people who are falling through the cracks who need who need help and so while our goal our our goal is not to set up a charity our goal isn't to um create an organization that people rely on for support mm-hmm. um we do want to make sure that we are blessing those in our community who are uh, who need help and and helping out those who are at the bottom of the cycle helping them survive so that they can move on back up and be in position to, to help the next time something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we, we definitely, we definitely want to move forward again um, and, and do another one and the issues 
our current issues right now are that um, when we, so the, the one in May was 12 families and that was $2,500. And then the one just now in July was 24 families and $4,800 roughly that came in. Um, and the, the logistical complexity of scaling up from 12 to 24 um, created issues that even though we were much more organized and everything was much more well thought out and executed, um, we still had um, uh, logistical issues at like a kind of a systemic level that um, meant that staying at 24 families or even moving up would not be sustainable the, the way we currently do it. So we're having to rethink. And a lot of that is um, just working with a supermarket to get our stuff on the day. Um, I don't know if this would have been true for all supermarkets, but we didn't have um, a lot of logistical help from them. And I understand because on the one hand, like $5,000 is, is a lot of money, but to a supermarket on a Saturday morning, like that's not like they're, they're doing a lot of $5,000. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's um, not necessarily a huge priority for them. Yeah. And so we were working with one of their, um, one of their managers to try to help facilitate this. And there was some stuff they were able to do for us, but at the end of the day, we were still pushing around shopping carts um, and taking stuff off the shelves. Um, and another, there are a number of things that we, there was no issue getting for 12 families. When we got to 24 families that like we cleared them out and we got like two thirds of what we needed. And so we were like scrambling and substituting mm. all that kind of stuff. Right now we're trying to revamp the, um, the supply chain side of it. And we're trying to make connections with um, either farms or, or the or suppliers or distributors to get, um, to be able to access a, um, a, a set quantity and be able to um, secure inventory, I guess, in a way that is more predictable. Um, and maybe there'll be some cost ramifications for that, but we're hoping that moving further up the, the chain, we'll be able to at least keep the similar pricing, um, the similar costing, but also have a more reliable thing. So if, if anyone in the Trinity Western alumni group has connections to that, that would be something we'd be very interested in, mm -hmm. in hearing about. Um, so like that's, that's the main, the main issue that we're having. Um, we, if we start delivering, like right now we're at, we've gone from 12 to 24. I don't think we'll go to 48 next. Um, but if we do, our system is scalable and that what works for determining what kind of groceries people get and how much money is allocated to them. Like our system, well, for the 12 families or like 1200 families, like it will work. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the human resources that we'll need um, to facilitate that will grow at a rate that, that we had barely enough volunteers this time around. Yeah. Um, and, and like, it is what it is. Like we had a couple people drop out um, who were supposed to be on site helping organize stuff um, on the last day. And we still got everything done, but it was a lot harder than it had to be. And I felt, course. I felt yeah. terrible for the people who did sign up because yeah, it's more work for them now, right? Yeah, they they got work to the bone. Um, I don't bless their hearts. They didn't complain, and and um, and they were amazing. We could not have done it without them. Um, but we want to make sure for the future that we have a, a higher pool of people that we're pulling from. So, like mm -hmm. in the event that people pull out, though, it's not going to be a nightmare. So yeah, well, hopefully, even doing like interviews like this will help raise awareness. I mean, I'm definitely going to follow the page on Facebook, and then the next time you do one of these things, maybe be able to help in some way or another. 
That would be amazing. Yeah, we do have a Vancouver alumni chapter. Um, yeah. It's still growing in many ways, but um, if you're a part of that on Facebook, you can always post in there as well and um, post needs or um, opportunities like this. I have joined that. Is there, can you tell me a little bit about that? Maybe for the folks who don't know um, what, what the chapter does and how they connect. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So alumni chapters, uh, they've kind of been starting since around 2016, 2017. And they're basically meant to be um, hubs for alumni who live in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So major cities where we have a large population of alumni, we'll try to set up a chapter there with uh, two leaders. Uh, We're calling them alumni ambassadors or two or three leaders. Like it could be differentiates based on the group. And uh, these alumni ambassadors are kind of representatives of the university in a voluntary uh, way. So the goal there is just to connect alumni to uh, serve the community to provide opportunities for us to to grow together, uh, especially in in regions where maybe they're pretty far removed from the university. So we have a couple. Uh, we have chapters in Calgary and uh, Edmonton, all the way in Toronto, and a new one yeah. starting in Ottawa. Even one up in the Yukon. So wow. we have <laughs> alumni in all these different pockets, and they some of them know each other and are already organically meeting. And we just wanted to provide spaces for them to to do that in a way that can also um, you know, to encourage their growth within the university, but also to support university initiatives. Like say there's a Spartans come to town and now we have a group of alumni who are able to go out there and encourage the team. Or, you know, maybe there's some students from Ottawa that are feeling removed and we have a group there now that can kind of help uh, steward them, especially as they transition from student to uh, working in the real world. If we have alumni that are set up in different fields, they can jump into that chapter and potentially meet them and find jobs or opportunities. Uh, so, for example, our Seattle chapter has a lot of people in the tech industry. Mm. So we're trying to connect new students, uh, computing science students, to those leaders already who might be able to get them job opportunities that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So stuff like that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And were, were there, pre-COVID, I'm assuming there was some kind of like meetups that were being... Mm-hmm. organized that were yeah we were trying to do a handful of meetings every year um, things like board game nights uh, sometimes even bible studies or prayer meetings christmas parties um, sometimes just meetups at a restaurant to right, you know, yeah. share share business ideas stuff like that yeah basically it's kind of whatever the the group itself wants to do it's all very driven by the alumni that are leading the groups so However, they, everyone looks a little different. It just kind of depends on how they want to run it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely um, as we are allowed to start doing more events in the near future, hopefully, prayerfully, <laughs> then we'll be able to do some stuff in Vancouver again. That would be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to connecting with, um, with uh, alumni. There's some in our church. Um, I think I saw you guys did an interview with uh, Scott Sustay. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's, he's in our church and I'm, I've been uh, like, it's been so great to, to meet alumni. I'm like, Oh yeah, you, you guys are successful and you're doing great things, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm pumped for you. Mm-hmm. And, and like they're a resource. If I need some help, I talk to them and they recommend something like that's That's already happening. Um, oh yeah. Scott's a great, a great contact. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Definitely recommend people um, check him out. And uh, Ruben, Oh, what's his last name? Ruben Zaidoff. Zaidoff, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was teasing. He's one of the worst Zaidoffs for volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
he doesn't he's he's a he's a really cool guy uh-huh yeah yeah honestly man there's some incredible people in our community so it's it's been really awesome to be able to connect with them all because when i was a student uh you know i didn't really picture myself getting involved in alumni that much either but mm. now now that i'm here it's it's been really great so i guess we're kind of kind of start wrapping up yeah um, was there any um concluding things you wanted to share about the the company or what you guys are doing yeah so we right now we are we are in the space of um of trying to help help our families and and navigate um, this turbulent times, but yeah. we are also um, we are also moving towards starting to provide tools and resources for families um, to to connect and grow and thrive in uh, in Metro Vancouver. So when we say Metro Vancouver, really, if you are within like a three hour drive of downtown, I guess like that's we're not we're not going to look at if someone wants to join and they're an avid. So we're not going to be like, Oh, that's a little too far. You know, like we want, we want people to be connected. Now, although obviously there's limitation. If someone's like wants to join from Kamloops and like really like, sure. the, the community that we can offer, like if, if we have a, a meetup function where people can um, arrange play dates together, for example, um, and you're in Kamloops, like <laughs> it's not, you're not going to find any mums who are going to get together unless they're more in Kamloops and like, you know, like you guys go for it. It's going to be amazing. But our, our, our vision, our scope is for people in the, the Metro Vancouver. So like kind of like Abbotsford to um, West Van uh, and people on the, people on the Island, I guess um, we really want to help connect them. So if, if you are um, alumni and you have families and your kids are 12 and under, that's really our only criteria for joining the group is you have family that are 12 and under kids that are 12 and under, sorry. Um, because that's kind of a life phase, um, where a lot of stuff is kind of new for the first time and, mm -hmm. um, and you can, your resources are getting stretched the most, right. Um, then definitely welcome you guys to check out the Facebook group. Um, and if you go to, um, yfmv.ca, that's our website that we launched last month. Um, and Right now, it's just got blog posts talking about the food drive and what we've done and stuff. But um, that's yeah. what YFMVA stands for: Young so Families young, of Metro Vancouver. Exactly, Young Families of Metro Vancouver. Um, originally, our website was Young Families of Metro Vancouver.ca, but I was spelling that wrong when I was doing marketing emails to local businesses. For um, <laughs> <laughs> we did something over Christmas where people in the community got like a special deal with local. Um, uh, kids' clothing stores and stuff like that to buy like Christmas gifts and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I was spelling our email address wrong, and and they were catching it. So I was like, ah, oh, we gotta we gotta make this better. So now we're yfmv.ca. Um, so yeah, you go on the Facebook and search Young Families in Metro Vancouver. You'll see the page. You'll see the the Facebook group. And if hearing about if you get excited hearing about the food drive, you're like, oh man, that sounds really cool. I want to participate. If you follow the um, follow the page and they'll know the next time we do something like this um, and any any time we get people um connected into this um we're, we're excited that, um and once we want to give back um it's it's a privilege like it's a true privilege to be able to help facilitate people um who have the heart but don't know what to do and be able to connect them and say here you go and then um mm -hmm. yeah like 
every time we do this, we're more and more humble. Kind of like, there's no way, there's no way this should be happening. On the strength of the of our merits, it shouldn't be happening. But um, no, what we we believe as as Christians, I, I suppose, that um, we believe that God is in control and and is moving moving things to to serve His purposes. And it is it is my belief that. Um, young guys in Mexico, Vancouver, will be used by God um, to um, to help bring people um, together, um, and will and will bring ultimately bring people to Him um, as they come into contact with God's love from from people in the community. Um, like it's hard to meet someone and have like it's hard to become a Christian if you're isolated and you're not meeting anyone and you're not coming to contact with anyone. Yep. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, just really God bless you and your work that you're doing and keep up the good fight of uh, connecting people in the city. It is honestly very inspiring. And then, yeah, thankful to have the, the opportunity to meet you. Maybe one day we'll do this in person. And yeah, be great. even better. Have a coffee or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the same room. Oh, man. One can dream. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. As well, John.